What's going on, everyone? Thank you for listening to the Self-Disruption Podcast, where we give you the tools and insights to improve your lifelong learning, leadership, and innovation with the top minds in their field today. Brought to you by SEAC, a global leader in lifelong learning and innovation. Check them out at seasiacenter.com. I've got all their details down in the show notes. I'm your host, Dana Bluen, and this episode is an excerpt from a conversation with friend of the show, David Henderson, the CEO of Driver. David talks about the challenges of managing a geographically and culturally diverse team in a startup context. David gives us some great insights about how he works with the teams and is able to manage expectations and motivation given his limited resources as a startup. With that being said, sit back, relax, and let's get right into it. Now, with a lot of the startups that I've seen in Southeast Asia, particularly, they end up getting to the point where, especially early on, they have this kind of diversified team, like kind of geographically independent. Mm. What are some of the challenges as a CEO dealing with that type of team or managing that type of team? It's a big challenge, um, and that's one of the critical um, kind of productivity saps, if you like. Um, so what we've, I mean, what we've had to do is um, work a lot on our communication tools. And, you know, in Thailand, Myanmar, um, Indonesia, lesser the Philippines, there's definitely a problem with kind of can be an issue with communication between teams and people normally sit in a team meeting and they don't say anything. Mm. Right? So getting people the confidence that they can come out and say things and, and don't feel afraid that they might say the wrong thing. So it's taken time to get that right, but we're, we're getting there. But ideally, it would be much better to have a co-located team, everyone in the one location, yeah. but you know, it's, uh, it just doesn't often work out that way. How do you deal with those cultural barriers, whether it be Thai or Myanmar, Filipino, and having, you know, maybe don't want to interact with each other or don't want to interact with the boss. Like you said, they don't want to speak up. How do you break those barriers down? It's hard. I mean, it takes time. I've made a lot of mistakes. Um, you know, we've, we've improved and we've got, got much better at that. So um, one of the things is to, to listen, keep an open mind, to understand the local culture. And that takes time. You can't just come in here as a, as a Westerner and say, well, this is how we do it in Australia and then do it that way or, you know, get out type thing. That doesn't work. Is that how you tried it at the beginning? Yeah, so Damien's <laughs> not with us in Melbourne. <laughs> he's our uh, CTO and uh, CFO, and he's a he's a great guy, but uh, there definitely has a. This is how you do it, and I'm going to tell you exactly how and micromanage sort of approach, which mm. doesn't work that well. Yeah, that micromanagement you know approach, especially when you have a team. In my experience with startups, early on, I've always tried to attract people who are already skilled enough to do the work. Mm-hmm. So micromanaging really hinders them more mm-hmm. than enables them. Where they're more of just, they need some guidance, they need mm. a little bit of feedback, and they can do their own thing. Yes. But when yep. you're hiring newer people, that's where that micromanagement kind of comes into, like people who don't maybe have the skill set you need right off the bat. Yeah, and it's a, it's a constant problem with trying to balance for a startup. So, look, startups don't often have huge amounts of cash to deploy. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a lot of the very talented sort of young Thai people are working for you know, uh, Boston Consulting or, the, or other large sort of multinationals. So um, it can be hard to find, attract the right talent which has the right motivation, mm-hmm. but I think culture can be part of how to, how to attract those people. So you create an environment where people have autonomy, they have some purpose, and they can master new skills, and I think that, that can work really well. Has that worked well across pretty much all the cultures that you're dealing with, Myanmar, Thailand, uh, Philippines? Um, well, it actually it's worked differently in different different areas. So in Myanmar, for example, we have 
you know, we have a really strong local team in Myanmar. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guys have been with us for three, four years. Um, they're recruiting, you know, people who have similar skill sets they like themselves, you know, similar to themselves. And we, we've just built a, just such an awesome team there. And I think we, in terms of the autonomy, there's a lot more of that in, in Myanmar than there is, say, in, in Thailand or, you know, Philippines, which has just come on board. So mm. I think um, that's, that's been useful, but we also then have, some, have had problems there as well with people having a reluctance to report issues. Um, but, you know, I think we're, we're getting over quite a lot of those problems now. It takes time. You need to have patience. You need to, you know, you need to be um, gentle with people. How do you balance that patience against the fast-paced world of being a, a tech startup? It's difficult. It's really difficult. So, um, you know, you need to set goals and have the whole team along on the journey, right? Mm-hmm. So you need to have a clear goals and clear uh, timelines. But having patience and having a pedagogical approach with individuals doesn't necessarily mean slow, mm. right? So taking – and that's primarily my responsibility and the other sort of leaders of the business to coach – and develop those staff. Yeah, because uh, that, that speed of change can be crazy. Yes, absolutely. I mean, as one of the, the Ken Blanchard um, event uh, a couple of weeks ago here, which yeah. we, you guys hosted, was an amazing event. And I you know, have been reading his books for some time, and I very much agree with that um, idea of create the right culture, yeah. and the results would flow from that. So you don't need to be you know, constantly you know, on someone's back for sales quotas. The sales will flow if people are motivated and, and want to sell. And that finding that motivation for the team, mm. the underlying motivation is key, right? Yes, absolutely. It, like you said, it, it can be different in Myanmar or Thailand. You know, you would think, I always thought sales motiv- cash motivates salespeople. Mm. It's not always the case. I mean, it always plays a part, but th- there's always other factors that come into play. You know, that's why mm. it's hard. It can be very difficult to keep a good salesperson. Absolutely. I mean, look. I, I don't know if you're familiar. You, I'm sure you're familiar with Dan Pink's book, yeah. uh, Drive, on this. And I think it's a great book. And But there are some certain differences between different cultures. Um, so, you know, if you look at the core motivations for people, obviously you need to make sure they have enough food on the table to feed their family, to yeah. have shelter. They have the basic needs taken care of. Um, and, and they're not that money isn't an issue on the table. So you have, you know, you ha- you're getting the right salary to meet your needs, mm-hmm. right? You don't necessarily need a third car or a second fridge or <laughs> this kind of thing. This this doesn't really motivate the kind of people who are going to join a startup. Right? V- v- hopefully, hopefully it doesn't. No, absolutely. I mean, look, th- there's definitely financial factors are, are definitely um, in play. But mm. if you look at the people that Driver has in the team, any one of those people could get a job paying three to four times higher salary. Um, my, for myself, for example, I was earning a ten times higher salary at a you know, major company in Australia, and I, I could easily do so again. Um, but the motivation was not about just you know pay and cash in the bank. That is um, something that you know isn't a core motivator for me, and for a lot of people as well. Having purpose, having autonomy, and then being able to master new skills is crucially important. And building something. Absolutely. You've been listening to the Self-Disruption Podcast, brought to you by SEAC. To find amazing resources on lifelong learning, leadership, and innovation, you can check them out at seasiacenter.com, as well as their links in the show notes. And for more great conversations like this one, you can find our archive at selfdisruptionpodcast.com.